At a Garden Party by F. Anstey One Act Play Collection 8 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Narration read by Zames Curran Mrs. Maynard Jerry read by Michelle Eaton Phil read by Todd Mr. Tablet read by Algie Pug First Lady on Chair, read by Christine G. Second Lady, read by Beth Thomas. Mrs. Petalin, read by Abayi. Mr. Chuck, read by Larry Wilson. Toto, read by Newgate Novelist. Mrs. Pruddleton, read by April Walters. Mrs. St. Patticker, read by Diana Schmidt. Mrs. Hasif, read by Lydia. Mr. Demure, read by Anna Simon. Scene. A London lawn, a band, in a costume halfway between the uniform of a stage hussar and a circus groom, is performing under a tree. Guests discovered slowly pacing the turf, or standing and sitting about in groups. Mrs. Maynard Jerry, to her brother-in-law, who is thoroughly aware of her little weaknesses. Oh, Phil, you know everybody. Do tell me, who is that common-looking little man with a scrubby beard? the very yellow gloves how does he come to be here where oh i see him well have you read sabrina's uncle's other niece no ought i to have i never even heard of it really i wonder at that tremendous hit you must order it though i doubt if you'll be able to get it i shall insist on having it and he wrote it really phil now i come to look at him there's something rather striking about his face did you say sabrina's niece's other aunt or what sabrina's uncle's other niece was what i said not that it signifies oh but i always attach the greatest importance to names myself and do you know him what tablet oh yes decent little chap not much to say for himself you know i don't mind that when a man is clever do you think you could bring him up and introduce him oh i could but i won't answer for your not being disappointed in him i have never been disappointed in any genius yet perhaps because i don't expect too much so go dear boy he may be surrounded unless you get hold of him soon bill obeys bill accosting the scrubby man well tablet old fellow how are things going with you sabrina flourishing it's a tremendous hit my boy orders coming in so fast they don't know how to execute em there's a fortune in it as i always told you capital but you've such luck by the way my sister-in-law is most anxious to know you very kind of her i shall be delighted i was just thinking i felt quite a stranger here come along then and i'll introduce you if she asks you to her parties by any chance mind you go sure to meet a lot of interesting people just what i enjoy meeting interesting people the only society worth cultivating to my mind sir give me intellect it's of more value than wealth they go in search of mrs maynard jerry look at their vicar getting that poor lady pauper some ice 
what a very spiritual expression he has to be sure really quite apostolic we are not in his parish but i have always heard him spoken of as a most excellent man excellent my dear that man is a perfect saint i don't believe he knows what it is to have a single worldly thought and such trials as he has to bear too with that dreadful wife of his that's the wife isn't it the dowdy little woman all alone over there dear me what could he have married her for oh for her money of course my dear mrs patillon to mrs st martin somerville why it really is you oh, i absolutely didn't know you at first i was just thinking now who is that young and lovely person coming along the path you see i came out without my glasses to-day which accounts for it mr chuck meeting a youthful matron and child ah mrs sharp how de do i'm all right hello toto how are you eh young lady toto primly i'm very well indeed thank you how's the idiot have you seen him lately mr chuck mystified the idiot eh why fact is i don't know any idiot give you my word toto impatiently yes you do you know the one mummy says you're next door to you must see him sometimes you did say mr chuck was next door to an idiot didn't you mummy let me see did we have a fine summer in eighty seven yes of course i always remember the weather by the clothes we wore and that june and july we scarcely wore anything some filmy stuff that belonged to one's ancestress don't you know such fun by the way what has become of lucy oh i've quite lost sight of her lately you see she's so perfectly happy now that she's ceased to be in the least interesting mrs Hasef to mr demure perhaps you can tell me of a good coal merchant the people who supply me now are perfect fiends and i really must go somewhere else then i'm afraid you must be rather difficult to please mr tablet has been introduced to mrs maynard jerry with the following result i'm so delighted to make your acquaintance when my brother-in-law told me who you were i positively very nearly shrieked i'm such an admirer of your thinks she won't commit herself to the whole title and so compounds your delightful sabrina most gratified to hear it i'm sure i'm told there's a growing demand for it such a hopeful sign when one was beginning quite to despair of the public taste well i've always said so long as you give the public a really first-rate article and are prepared to spend any amount of money on pushing it you know you're sure to see a handsome return for your outlay in the long run and of course you must get it carefully analysed by competent judges ah but you can feel independent of criticism now can't you oh i defy anyone to find anything unwholesome in it it's as suitable for the most delicate child as it is for adults nothing to irritate the most sensitive ah you mean certain critics are so thin-skinned they are indeed mr tablet warming to his subject but the beauty of this particular composition is that it causes absolutely no unpleasantness or inconvenience afterwards in some cases indeed it acts like a charm 
I have known of two cases of long-standing erysipelas it has completely cured. Mrs. Maynard Jerry, rather at sea. How gratifying that must be! But that is the magic of all truly great work. It is such an anodyne. It takes people so completely out of themselves, doesn't it? Who takes anything of that sort out of them, ma'am? It's the finest discovery of the age. No household will be without it in a few months. Though perhaps I say it, who shouldn't? Mrs. Maynard Jerry, still more astounded. Oh, but I like to hear you. I'm so tired of hearing people pretending to disparage what they have done. It's such a pose, and I hate posing. Real genius is never modest. If he had been more retiring, she would have, of course, reversed this axiom. I wish you could come and see me on one of my Tuesdays, Mr. Tablet. I should feel so honoured, and I think you would meet some congenial spirits. Do look in some evening. I will send you a card, if I may. Let me see. Could you come and lunch next Sunday? I've got a little man coming who's very nearly eaten up by cannibals. I think he would interest you. I shall be proud to meet him. Uh, did they eat much of him? Mrs. Maynard Jerry, who privately thinks this is rather vulgar. How witty you are. That's quite worthy of, uh, Sabrina, really. Then you will come. So glad. And now I mustn't keep you from your other admirers any longer. She dismisses him. Later. Mrs. Maynard Jerry to her brother-in-law. How could you say that dear Mr. Tablet was dull, Phil? I found him perfectly charming, so original and unconventional. He's promised to come to me. By the way, what did you say the name of his book was? I never said he had written a book. You did? Sabrina's other something? Why, I've been praising it to him entirely on your recommendation. No, no, your mistake. I only asked you if you'd read Sabrina's uncle's other niece. And as I made up the title on the spur of the moment, I should have been rather surprised if you had. He never wrote a line in his life. How abominable of you! But surely he's famous for something. He talks like it. With reviving hope. Oh, yes. He's the inventor and patentee of the new Sabrina soap. He says he'll make a fortune over it. But he hasn't even done that yet. Phil, I'll never forgive you for letting me make such an idiot of myself. What am I to do now? I can't have him coming to me. He's really too impossible. Do? Oh, order some of the soap and wash your hands of him, I suppose. Not that he isn't a good deal more presentable than some of your lions, after all said and done. Mrs. Maynard Jerry, before she takes her leave, contrives to inform Mr. Tablet with her prettiest penitence that she has only just recollected that her luncheon party is put off, and that her Tuesdays are over for the season. Directly she returns to town, she promises to let him hear from her. In the meantime, he is not to think of troubling himself to call. So there is no harm done, after all. End of At a Garden Party